As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome to the 49ers Insider Podcast on NBCSportsBayArea.com. Introducing your host, San Francisco 49ers Insider, Matt Mayoko. This is the 49ers Insider Podcast brought to you by Big O Tires. And wow, Laura Britt, I bet you guys had a great time in the studio watching this one because at the stadium, it was crazy. I, I don't think I have my, my hearing back from the Superdome. So at least you guys were in a safe environment. Uh, I don't know. I think I'd rather not be in a safe environment for that game. It was, man, it came down to the wire again. The 49ers have been playing some games that, if you're a Niners fan, I hope your heart's still beating at the end of the season because this has been a nutty season. And I saw a tweet that you sent out that I thought was so fascinating. You said that this was the best game, 49ers game you've covered, and you've been covering this team for 25 years. So I wanted to talk to you about that because I haven't been around for as long as you have as far as covering the team. And there have been some really good games in those 25 years. So what made this one, I know New Orleans is special. I know the Superdome is loud and all of that, but what made this game the best one that you've ever covered in 25 years? Yeah, I'll say the best regular season game, because I still think the best game overall was that Saints 49ers playoff game in January, 2012, where there were four lead changes in the final four minutes and the, uh, the Alex Smith pass to Vernon Davis ended up winning that. So that, that to me was just, uh, uh, it's it's tough to top that one, especially because it was a playoff game. But this right. game, like like what you just mentioned, you know, the, the environment in New Orleans, what it was like inside that dome, what it was like on the streets of New Orleans, Friday night, Saturday night. I mean, it just kind of... Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of you. You don't look as good as these guys. I'm sorry, Matt. They have Niners gold jackets on and hats and like the whole nine yards and you're just like a man walking on the street. Yeah, that was after the game. That was uh, my new friends from Memphis, Tennessee. I met 49er fans from Tennessee, from Arkansas, of course, from the Bay Area, from Arizona. They were just all over the map from Florida. So many people came in for this game and they got their money's worth. It was just great. And from the opening drive of the game, when Drew Brees took them down there, you just knew, okay, this is going to be a high scoring affair. And you wondered, could the 49ers offense keep pace in a shootout? And uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle and Raheem Mostert and everybody else answered that one emphatically. They really did. And that's something that I think even this far in the season, people still had questions about the offense because it was all defense all season. Everybody's just been talking about how great the defense is and how great the defense is. And this game on Sunday answered all of those questions, like you said. I mean, 
Jimmy Garoppolo at halftime had a perfect passer rating. So the the questions about him and is he the quarterback that can take them all the way? And is he the franchise quarterback? You know, they've definitely paid him like he is, but this is the first full season that fans have had the opportunity to watch him uh, and what he's able to do. And really, I've been impressed with how quickly he's been able to progress because when you think about the experience that he has, it's just a little over 20 games that he started. Think about that and what this team has put together this season. That's really impressive to me. I don't know if that impresses you at all, just with the experience, the lack of experience, really, even though he's been in the league for a while, there's nothing that replaces that live game time experience. And that game against the Saints, I feel like that gives you like he should get an extra twenty, <laughs> get, like games started on his uh, on his stat sheet because that game was crazy. He's getting better and better and better, and his last four games have really been good. And you know when the Four ers needed that last drive, he was just so cool. That fourth down pass to George Kittle, where those guys were on the same page. Uh, I think Jimmy has a has a good comeback gene in him because he doesn't get rattled you know he's he's a gunslinger I don't think he overthinks things I think he just goes out and has fun and that's kind of what separated this team and and made them well they've made them good and I think made them good to watch fun to watch is because they just go out and they have fun and you know yes the the fan base was you know probably watching the game with their you know hands over their eyes peeking, <laughs> peeking between the fingers um but these guys really seem to just enjoy that moment and boy nobody captures a moment quite like George Kittle and the way he just ran with reckless abandon and was tossing guys aside and uh, Mike McGlinchey said you know, they darn near had to rip his neck off to bring that's him ba- down. That's what the they tried to do. Yeah, yeah, like they literally tried to do that. I mean, th- those guys, those defenders had nothing else but his face mask. So at least the the refs caught it and saw it and all of that um, because that was, I mean, that was crazy. And he was still going. I mean, there was no bringing George Kittle down at all. Um, but back to Jimmy Garoppolo just for a second, because I think what we don't see from him as outsiders, we don't see even, you know, even though you are there every day and you're covering the team in and out, we're not in those meeting rooms. We're not there when Jimmy Garoppolo arrives and when he leaves every single player, that's what they talk about. They talk about his work ethic. They talk about that he's the first guy in the door, that he's the last guy out. I mean, that's what you hear about him. And so that's, to me, that's really what's paying off is you have the ability to stay calm in those high-pressure situations when you're confident in your scheme and you're confident in the play call and you know exactly you know, what's going on. So. I think he answered a lot of questions for people. I think it's a lot of the preparation too. You know, he's getting better and better as he learns this system uh, from Kyle Shanahan better and better. They do a very good job. This coaching staff does a very good job of getting the guys prepared for what's going to happen in the game. You know, if we make if we call this play and they're in this defense, this is what's going to happen. And uh, you know, they kind of spell it out and they kind of lay it lay it out what's going to happen before it happens. So when you when the, when you get out there and there are no surprises, I think it it makes guys have more confidence when they get out there because they feel like they've already seen it before. I don't care what you say. There's no preparing anybody for an Emmanuel Sanders 
touchdown pass to Raheem Mostert. There's no that. preparation for that. And I love that he, uh, you know, was asked about it after the game. And he said in practice, I think the last time that they practiced that play, he threw a duck. He was like, I was just really hoping that if that play got called, that I wouldn't throw a duck. And he did not. Yeah. Under pressure too. Oh, like in really, I mean, that guy was in his face. It was like off of one leg. I mean, it was, it was a crazy throw. That whole play call in general was, was typical Kyle Shanahan, right? Going back to your initial question, that that's part of what made this game so fun to watch was that 49ers ran some plays that were just, you know, where'd he come up with that one? You know, kind of plays <laughs> like, you know, the Kyle use check, the pitch to use check, and then he's running the option and pitching it to, to Mostert. And boy, how about Raheem Mostert? Man, he has really turned into a, a spectacular explosive football player. We knew he was one of the best special teams players in the league. Now, man, he looks like one of the top running backs in the league. Yeah. And one thing of note with that too, is Matt Breida came back. And one thing you'll never hear these players say, and this goes to what we've talked about in weeks prior on the podcast, they're all about the team. You don't hear Matt Breida after the game going, Oh, I should have gotten more carries. You know, that's not this team. He doesn't care. He wants this team to win. They're all in it for the team. And that's something really special in an NFL locker room. And just from talking with you, you know, throughout the years, you can sense that when you're, when you come upon a team like that. Yeah, it's a, they're having a good time. And hey, there's another guy who's going to be having a good time this week because his cousin is coming to town. Uh, Mike McGlinchey's cousin, first cousin, is Matt Ryan, the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, Mike McGlinchey was was kind enough to spend some time with me. We taped this before the 49ers game in New Orleans, in case you're wondering why I'm not asking him about that game. But um, I wanted to talk to Mike McGlinchey about growing up as the first cousin of the Atlanta Falcons quarterback, as well as uh, my cause, my cleats, and his cause is Autism Speaks in honor of his brother, Jimmy, 16-year-old Jimmy, uh, who has autism. So, Laura, stick around, and after Mike McGlinchey, I, I just I want to talk more football with you, okay? Sounds good. Okay, here's Mike McClinchy on the 49ers Insider Podcast. This is the 49ers Insider Podcast brought to you by Big O Tires. And my special guest this week is Mike McClinchy. Mike, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, loose on the word special, but we're here. Well, okay, <laughs> a guest. No, you're a special guest because this is a special week for you and your family. It is. It's going to be a big one. It's my first time uh, taking the football field of any, of any level um, against my older cousin, Matt. Um, it's going to be an exciting one for us, for sure. Um, he's been somebody that I've looked up to. You know, it's probably since I was in kindergarten and understood what sports was all about. And uh, it's going to be a cool opportunity. Um, I'm hosting a lot of, of our family because it's on our home turf this, this, this week in Santa Clara. Um, so I'm excited for my family to get out and see everybody and hopefully, 
you know, get some bragging rights. And the Matt you're referring to is, of course, Falcons quarterback, Matt yeah, Ryan. that guy. Yep, yep, he's pretty good. And yeah. and you've, I mean, you've obviously followed his career all the way through, but mm -hmm. you were several years younger yep. than him, and you watched him as a fourth and fifth grader, sixth mm -hmm. grader at Boston College yep. and then into the pros. Yeah, I think I was, uh, when we went up to his draft, I believe it was the spring of my seventh grade going into my eighth grade year because I think he was drafted in 08. In he was the year after Joe, actually. So the two of them have me quite a bit in in the year uh, department. But um, yeah, what you're I, saying is you're just a lot, just younger. a little younger. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, it was 08 that spring, and uh, that's kind of when I that my football dream kind of um, materialized a little bit. It was kind of the moment where I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And you know, if he if he can do that, why can't I? You know, and it was it's like I, I really want to do this too. And uh, Matt was kind of the blueprint for me my whole life of, of how, to, how to accomplish things the right way, how to be a good teammate and, and, and uh, eventually a good leader and stuff like that. First cousin, he's your mom's sister's son. My mom, yeah, my Aunt Bernie's son, yep. And, and so did he, were you guys close? Did, did he treat you as a little kid? Like how well yeah. was that relationship? Yeah, we're, we're close for sure. Um, I was actually, my training partner every summer was actually his younger brother, John. We all lived together down the Jersey Shore in North Wildwood, New Jersey. Obviously, when Matt started playing football in the collegiate level and then up beyond, um, his time at the Jersey Shore, just like mine has, has gotten a little more limited. Um, but when I was in high school and, and, and early in college, we would go down there and our, our families lived together down there the whole summer and um, very close with his family, very close with his brothers and sister and, and uh, nieces and nephews and and all that so it's 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 a cool situation that our family has that we are so close um and it's uh i'm i'm hoping that uh, my aunt burn can be okay when our, our d line's going after matt next week because <laughs> you'll be okay with <laughs> yeah, that yeah i'm definitely okay with it this time yeah so you didn't always play offensive tackle did, was there a point where you wanted to play quarterback or did play quarterback i wanted to play quarterback my whole life yeah i wanted to play quarterback because all my cousins did all, all, all my and um it's kind of funny we had like I think my family, extended family, had like seven or eight, maybe even nine guys play division uh, or college football, and, and four of them played Division One. And um, I was the only non-quarterback of that group. So when I was growing up and we would all work out together, I was just the extra set of hands that they would all throw to. And my Matt's older brother actually was the one um, at Matt's draft because he's he knew I had that little pipe dream of playing quarterback. And he's like, dude, we met Jake Long who was the number one overall pick that year. And he said, if you do what you need to do in 10 years, you're going to look like that. And, um, you know, my, my cousin, I think, called, called, the called the right shot, and I put my hand in the dirt, and everything, you know, worked out from there. Because you played tight end too, right? Yeah, I was a, I was a little bit of O-line, tight end, fullback, and then everywhere on defense when I was in high school. We had a, I had a, a, a small school. Uh, actually, Matt and I went to the same high school, uh, the William Penn Charter School in Philly. And um, – we had a small team, small program, but I did a little bit of everything for us, whatever we, we deemed necessary for me to, for trying to win the game. And now this word from Big O Tires. Now through December 29th at participating Big O Tires. Save $70 instantly on sets of four Continental, Goodyear, Yokohama, or Cooper tires with paid installation. Plus use your Big O credit card for additional rebates on qualifying purchases. See store for details. We're back on the 49ers Insider Podcast with right tackle Mike McGlinchey talking about his first cousin, Atlanta Falcons quarterback, Matt Ryan. 
Wasn't there a story about him throwing passes to you on one of those vacations? Yeah, so we, yeah, we, uh, Bill Henfrey, I think they named, we didn't know the name of the park until the article was written about it, but Bill Henfrey Park on uh, 8th, 8th and Central in, um, in North Wildwood, New Jersey. We would go there. It's like a 200-yard field. There's, it's like a makeshift soccer, football, baseball field, and uh, that's where we would go to run and sprint and throw and all that kind of stuff when we were growing up. And, um yeah, Matt was the one. When Matt came back when he was in, already in the NFL and got a workout in, and I was his tight end for the day because I was in high school at the time. Um, and you know, he was he was sailing balls over my head, and I asked him what he was doing. He's like, "That's where Julio goes up and gets it." And I said, "Okay, well, I, that's not me," you know. <laughs> so that was uh, that was a pretty fun experience. Um, and it, it, all the the neighborhood kind of came out of the doors once they saw this dude back there spinning the ball like he was and they're like who is this guy and then they walked closer and realized it was Matt and we knew most of the people that were there because we we grew up down there so it's pretty interesting how this all worked out yeah and it worked out when you you visited the Falcons in the pre-draft process 49ers mm-hmm. end up drafting you I mean that had to help you during that process of you know having gone through it with uh, your cousin, and I'm sure he gave mm-hmm. you some advice as the, that went on. Yeah, I think it, it, you can't get too specific because we do play different positions and the things that we're asked to do and the things that um, you know are required of us are very, very different in, in, in the way that we've grown up in the game. Um, but in terms of the interview process and things to look out for and, and what people are saying and, 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 kind of, and, and all that type of stuff, Matt was, you know, I, he was the, like I said earlier, he was the blueprint for all that. And I, I didn't even, Matt helped me out whether he knew he was or not. And it was just by, by me being a little kid and watching him from afar and, uh, you know, adopting the way he talked to his teammates, the way he, you would see him compete, the way you would see him have fun on the field. You know, that's who I wanted to be. And um, it turned out I was the offensive lineman instead of the quarterback, but I try to be that way in my own way and, uh, uh, now that I'm a pro as well. That uh, 2018 draft, Last year, I was talking to Fred Warner, and then James Onwalu, who was on the practice squad at the time, mm-hmm. walked by, and he goes, oh, there's Presidential Fred. <laughs> and then this week, we're talking to you out there, and yeah. Joe Staley walked by, and he calls you. Yeah, the president. The, or I used to get, people used to mess with me calling me the senator and stuff like that. And yeah, I don't know what that is. I just try to answer questions as best as I yeah, can. Yeah, so it's, it comes from your, the way you talk. You have some, a presence to yeah. you. Have you always had that? I think so, and I think it's because of Matt. I think if you hear Matt talk and, and you hear the way Matt you know, talks to people and approaches people, I don't know if there's anybody better. You know? And he's been that way for as long as I've been watching him, and I can, I can recall that kind of stuff happening and seeing him interact with people, you know, other coaches, him and his dad talking to coaches, to talking to you know, fans when we were up at BC or something like that, and I was a, you know, probably fourth or fifth grade at the time, and that stuck with me. And it, I, it, he's, and you can ask anybody that's ever been around him. Matt's a hell of a leader. Matt's a hell of a competitor. Um, and that's and, yeah. And he gets on his teammates yeah, too, without a it? doubt. And 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 he earns that right, you know. And that's because of who he is and um, what he does for his team. And I think that's something that I've always tried to emulate from the time I was like nine years old, watching him at BC. So I remember last year when. John Lynch and the 49ers drafted you, he mentioned that you were one of the three guys that really stood out to him. I think he called it the most impressive interviews that he had. And so afterward, I asked him, who are the other two? Do you know who the other two were? I think I think I was in the room for that. Um, we were all standing around. I think it was Derwin, James, and Sony Michelle. That is yeah. correct. Do you know those two guys? Uh, I've never met either one. Um, I know they're both 
unbelievable football players, that's for sure. I, I, I know a lot of uh, San Francisco 49ers fans were pretty upset that they drafted me instead of Derwin. <laughs> so um, I'm very thankful that John and Kyle, you know, wound up picking me, and, and it was a great situation. And Derwin and Sony are both having a hell of a career, and I, you can see why with it. You know, it's, if John Lynch is saying that about you, you know, that's a pretty good stamp of approval. So um, those two guys are probably uh, world class as well. So you're in the NFL now, and it gives you a platform that you wouldn't have ordinarily had. And I know you have your cleats and yeah. your cause. Would you mind telling us about yeah, that? Yeah, so my cause uh, for my cleats was Autism Speaks um, and Autism Awareness. Um, my little brother, Jimmy, who is now 16 and a junior at CB South High School, um, was diagnosed with autism when he was two-ish years old. Um, my mom was a teacher by trade. She, she was a Catholic school teacher before my brother and I were born. Um, and then helped us grow up, obviously, and then went back in after um, Jimmy had been diagnosed to now she's special ed, which is uh, really cool. And it's, it's, a, it's a cause that's really important to our family. Um, Jimmy is the light of our life. He's, he's been the biggest blessing our family's ever had. And um, we want to, you know, it's my mission to help spread the love and the, uh, and the attention to all the, you know, the special loved ones of, of those out there. And um, it's it's the, the, those people are, are an absolute blessing and and um and jimmy certainly is that and i try to hopefully bring that spirit to the rest of the world all right well mike well thanks for sharing that yeah. and uh, this has got to be great for you right i mean you're you're playing the sport you love yeah your, your cousin's coming to town 49ers are right yeah. there in the thick of things i mean things are going great things are great you know things are really great you're playing good i thank you i appreciate that i gotta keep playing that way um but yeah it's really exciting i get to you know play on the same athletic field other than a, a pickup basketball game on a driveway against my cousin Matt for the first time in my life. I get to see how he operates. You know, I've heard stories from Kyle and Jimmy and what Jimmy, Jimmy's been told about Matt from Kyle and, and Kyle about Matt and the way that they dealt with things. And it, it's pretty cool that, um, you know, I even have that connection because, you know, as soon as I got picked to the Niners, Matt was the first call I had because he wasn't able to make it in person. Um, and, you know, starts going on and on about how much I'm going to love it with Kyle and their relationship and how cool it was. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl and Matt won an MVP with Kyle Shanahan. So it's, uh, it's, an ex it's going to be an exciting reunion, not just for me, but for them as well. And, you know, hopefully we come out on the right side of it. All right. Yeah. Hey, thank you very much yeah, for joining thank, me on the yeah, podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, that was Mike McGlinchey. And, uh, boy, have we do we need to continue talking about that Saints game? Because it was... It was a good one. It was a great one. I, I think we could do like three podcasts this week, all on that game, and then we could do one looking ahead to next week. But I love that, you know, Mike McGlinchey, like you mentioned, and he talked about being first cousins with, with Matt Ryan, which is just so crazy, all the talent in that family. But Kyle Shanahan, too. I mean, there are so many ties this week. You know, that's kind of where Kyle Shanahan became who he is or, or got recognized by the public was what he did and what how he successful he was with the Falcons. Yeah, and and really turning Matt Ryan into, you know, an MVP player and that that great run that Falcons had uh, to go to the Super Bowl. And of course it ended with a pretty bad taste in everybody's mouth because, you know, they they let that big lead slip away uh, to the New England Patriots. And you know what? The Falcons are playing some pretty good football right now, too. So they come to town looking to be a spoiler for the 49ers. 49ers are back in that number one seed, back atop the NFC West. And now. Yeah, I was about to say spoilers. The Rams beat the Seahawks on Sunday. So that, 
that helped and didn't help the 49ers cause. I know that sounds weird, but the 49ers could have clinched if the Rams lost. But I, I think most people, as far as 49ers fans are concerned, would rather this scenario happen where the Rams beat the Seahawks and now they are solidifying that top spot right now. The big thing is they you just don't want the 49ers, if you're a fan of the team or a player or a coach or associated with the team in any way, you don't want them to be the number five seed because there is a huge difference from being first place in the NFC West and having that number one overall seed. You get the bye week, first round of the playoffs, and then you're guaranteed every game you're going to play up until the Super Bowl is going to be at home. Whereas if you're the fifth seed, you don't get the week off and you have to travel every step of the way. And right now the 49ers are kind of banged up. They come out of that Saints game with, unfortunately, Weston Richburg, who had been playing very good football at the center position. He's out for the year with a torn patellar tendon. So Ben Garland steps in as the starter at center. And on defense, Richard Sherman, he's going to be out a couple weeks. Kyle Shanahan let everybody know that earlier this week and D Ford as well. So they've been dealing with injuries all season and they've proven that it doesn't matter who's out, that the next guy up is capable and and able to step right in. So you hope that's the case with the players that will be replacing D Ford and Richard Sherman and Weston Richburg. Yeah. And Ford and Sherman, they have the hamstring injuries. Ford only played four snaps in this game. He missed a couple of games with the hamstring and then got out there and it, it gave out on him again. And then Sherman, the 49ers, it's funny because Kyle Shanahan always says that Richard Sherman is somebody who you never rule out early in the week because he does miraculous things. And at times, you know, when they think that he's not going to be able to play, he's able to play regardless. So, so the 49ers certainly hope that Richard Sherman and D Ford are back before the playoffs. But, uh, you know, you, you see what happened with Ford. You just don't want to bring these guys back too soon and have some sort of aggravation. And then they're out a lot longer than they originally were going to be. Yeah. That's always the fear. But I do think I, This is not a team that, to me, seems like they're going to look past a team being the Falcons coming to town on Sunday. I don't think that this 49ers locker room and and front office, they realize what they have, and every game matters right now. I mean, every single game matters right now. So the Ravens and the 49ers have the best records in football at 11-2, and And think about how closely the 49ers played the Ravens. I mean, that's how good those two football teams are. But just looking ahead to the Falcons, I don't think that they're going to look past the Falcons. I don't think this is a gotcha game, anything like that. I don't get that sense from this team. And especially, I'm just curious from your standpoint, you know, Kyle Shanahan knows these players so well. And granted, as far as the Falcons go. And they know him so well. So it kind of goes both ways. But I feel like maybe he has a little bit of an upper hand because he knows their weaknesses and all of that. I I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I think the more that both teams, if both teams are like equally familiar with each other, I think Kyle Shanahan is such a good coach and such a creative mind. And he has such a good eye for being able to diagnose where the weaknesses are in a defense and then attack. When you saw it against the Saints, uh, they went after a specific cornerback there, Eli Apple. But he he's very good about creating the matchups that he wants and then exploiting them. So I would think that that he has a really good handle on where to attack and where to stay away from that Falcons defense. 
And then conversely, he can really help out Robert Sala because I, I don't know that there are very many people out there who know Matt Ryan as well as Kyle Shanahan does. Yeah, and you know he's going to be in that entire coaching staff's going to be whipping out some crazy something. I just know it. You know it. Um, I don't know about anything as crazy as we saw against the Saints, but that's what makes this team part of what makes this team so exciting to watch and football that they're playing so exciting to watch is you you legit never know what you're going to see. And that's that's what keeps things exciting. And and it's going to be exciting in Levi Stadium. You'll be the first time the 49ers home crowd uh, has seen them for a while. So I think it's going to be rocking out there at Levi Stadium as it will be uh, the next week against the Rams and then, of course, up in Seattle for Week 17. So I, th- I think we, we say this just about every week now. But, man, I can't wait. It's uh, It's been fun to watch, and they're, they're a fun team to, to be around. And, and uh, let's, see, let's see what they bring to the table on Sunday at Levi Stadium against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, they really are a fun bunch of guys to be around, and you can feel that when you're around them. And one thing that I do want to add is we talked a lot about this three-game stretch of games that was historically difficult in the NFL against the Packers and the Ravens and the Saints. And the 49ers come out of that three-game stretch, 2-1, and which I think they would uh, probably consider a success with how well those football teams are playing. But we'll be out at Levi's on Sunday. And if any of you listening are out there, be sure to say hi if you see us. And uh, if not, we will talk to you next week on the 49ers Insider Podcast. You've been listening to the 49ers Insider Podcast brought to you by Big O Tires. And check out previous podcasts that we've done. Uh, Last week we had Bryant Young on. Uh, We had Coach Kyle Shanahan on the night before the game against the Saints previewing that. It's probably fun to go back and listen to it now and see how much of what he said kind of carried over into that game. So uh, if you like this podcast, please subscribe anywhere you get your podcast and leave a rating and a review. Also, you can find other interesting podcasts on all Bay Area teams at NBCSportsBayArea.com backslash podcast. The 49ers Insider Podcast on NBCSportsBayArea.com. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.